As global monkeypox cases rise and health agencies warn of the potential growing risk, how worrying is the spread of the disease? We should get a handle on this, but I think it, it's a good time to look at the bigger picture and go, how could we already be letting our law guard down so soon? We find out how monkeypox has been handled in the communities where it's been present for decades and discuss whether it's a sign of potentially bigger problems to come. Monkeypox, its origins and implications. A new podcast from International SOS. The number of monkeypox cases confirmed worldwide continues to climb, and it's appearing in more countries where the disease is not endemic. It's prompted new warnings from the World Health Organization that the situation could get worse in the weeks and months ahead. Monkeypox has been endemic in parts of Central and West Africa for many decades, but the spread of the disease in this outbreak is beyond any that's been seen before. Well, to try to understand the risks and potential implications, I've been speaking to two experts from International SOS who've been tracking the spread and treatment of monkeypox from Nigeria and South Africa. I am Dr. Christian Stratton, based in Johannesburg, South Africa. I hold the title of being the Global Health Advisor for Clinical Governance for International SOS. I cover the data in our clinics and sites in different countries globally, making sure we're up to date with best practice. Uh, my name is Abraham Ododum. I'm the doctor at our facility, the International SOS Clinic in Port Harcourt, Nigeria. Dr. Ododum, many people around the world may only have heard of monkeypox for the first time a few weeks ago, but it's been around in Central and West Africa for a very long time. How have people lived with it over that time? So monkeypox was first recorded in Nigeria in the 70s, but then there were no real records or trackings of monkeypox within the country until 2017, when we had an outbreak which still is recorded as the largest uh, outbreak since it was first reported in the country. And so 2017 and then odds cases here and there up until 2022. Uh, we've come to see it as a less troubling ailment uh, because this was also around the time when Ebola was there and uh, people were concerned as to if this was another form of Ebola. But because of its low case fatality rate, people just basically adjusted to it there's of course the scare because of how the patients present, but uh, by and large, it's not something that we worry too much um, around here in Nigeria. So as you say, it's treated as a relatively routine disease. Were someone to present with monkeypox symptoms, how would they be treated? Well, commonly they will present when the rashes have appeared. You know, the rashes are a bit dramatic in their appearance, especially when it involves the face. Where there are milder presentations like just rashes around the body, sparing the face, maybe not too much. It's, it's dealt with as though it's chicken pox, isolating the person, thinking about other family members or members of the community that may have been exposed, and then just watching out for it. But in terms of actual illness re relating to you know being ill and admitted to a hospital, it's, it's something that we are not very familiar with. Chris, there's been a lot of concern internationally as cases have popped up in places where it isn't familiar. But the experience of those places where monkeypox is endemic 
is that it is frequently treatable, recoverable, and not, as we've just been hearing, perceived by medical practitioners to be a particularly serious problem. Yes, Paul, and it's a very good point. So for Dr. Abe and countries on the west coast of Africa, they've had ongoing small outbreaks, people usually mildly ill, and the symptoms and signs as described, it's usually the prodrome with a slight headache, joint aches and pains, and then usually within one to four days getting those macules and then those blisters. But it's usually mild. Usually people recover fine within a couple of days and need symptomatic treatment. I think what's happened here, it's what's alarming is the fact that it's it's spread in a way it's with numbers we haven't seen before outside of endemic countries. And I think that's where a lot of the concern has come. But if it continues to behave like it's historically behaved, then most experts think that the numbers will flatten out and with public health measures, including isolation, distancing, masking, sanitation, we should see the numbers dropping down. One thing that's been talked of as a potential key difference in this outbreak is that in spreading to areas where it's not been seen before, it's sometimes difficult to trace that outbreak back to somebody who has been to a country where it's endemic. Ah, so that, that's an interesting point and a good point. However, these infections can't randomly pop up somewhere. There, there has to be a link. And whether we found the link or not, well, that, that's part of the issue and what, why there's ongoing investigation to figure out. And also just interesting to note, there have been prior outbreaks. And the one in particular that stands out was in 2003 in America. And there the mechanism of transmission had been the capture and trade of wild animals, and in particular, a type of ground squirrel and rodents that were found in Western Africa, exported to the to the United States, kept in warehouses with other animals, and then those animals were shipped out to the pet owners that wanted these exotic pets, and they then had this outbreak. So, so there's the connection there, but it took them some time to figure it out. And once they had, the CDC then banned the export and trade of these wild animals from parts of Africa. So I think we don't know the full story yet, but we do know that individuals or a individual from West Africa probably traveled to mass gatherings in part of Europe, Spain, perhaps Holland, was engaged in very close skin-to-skin contact with other individuals. And those individuals then traveled and perhaps had further transmission. So that's where this is still quite unique in that we've seen human-to-human transmission, which is not so characteristic of prior outbreaks. It has been seen, but not in these kind of numbers. Most people that have the experience of a family member being infected with the monkeypox tend to manage with the isolation in-house. Like Chris has rightly pointed out, families are able to manage them even without presenting in hospital. This may have also contributed to the fact that uh, the numbers are relatively low, even when there are outbreaks. I mean, in Nigeria, over the last five years, 
we've only have reported cases of about 558 over a five-year period for an endemic environment. Given those numbers for a country where monkeypox has been endemic for more than 50 years, are you surprised to see the case numbers that are being reported around the world in the last few weeks? In my opinion, uh, maybe two, two sides to that story. Perhaps since this ailment is now outside its so-called endemic environment, it seems to be a bit faster, not necessarily more virulent, but faster in its spread. Perhaps immunity might play a role. The other being that in the endemic environment, perhaps the reporting is not fully taken into consideration. Many cases may have gone unreported, and therefore that might give the reason why the numbers appear to be low. First off, we don't have all the answers. So there's a lot of investigation ongoing by the NHS in the UK, European Union Infectious Diseases, WHO, uh, and the different ministries in each country. We know that skin-to-skin direct contact is the most probable route of transmission. And we do think these mass gatherings and the individuals that are close contact certainly played a role. And remember, we're also living in a very different age compared to the 1950s when it was first discovered. You can now get on a plane and be in New York within a day and then be in Singapore the next day. And so we're an extremely connected society. And I think as different countries ease the restrictions around COVID, a lot of people have been going, yes, well, now I can travel, and, and they have. <laughs> and perhaps throwing caution to the wind and not, not taking the steps that could have been taken. Perhaps there are other mechanisms that haven't been identified yet. Perhaps the trade of wild animals or rodents, and perhaps it's illegal, but there could, there could be transmission happening another route. Other mechanisms that, that people are concerned about, we think unlikely, but needs to be explored is what if it's become more airborne or more transmissible? Well, let's just talk a little bit about efforts to contain the spread of monkeypox. The World Health Organization has said it is clearly concerning to see infections now recorded in well over two dozen countries where the disease is not endemic. Let's have a listen to a little bit of Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, the Director General of the WHO. The risk of monkeypox becoming established in non-endemic countries is real. WHO is particularly concerned about the risks of this virus for vulnerable groups, including children and pregnant women. What about that idea, Chris, that monkeypox could become established in countries where it has never been seen before. Okay, so that's going to be a really hard one to answer and impossible to answer at this moment in time, but it is plausible, and I think he's right to to emphasize it. Why do we say that? Well, let's first of all look at something we've all experienced the last two years, and that was COVID. COVID, we believe, is zoonotic, coming probably from bats, but we know it also was able to get into mink populations and mutate in mink. We know it was able to get into chimps, etc. A, f- a very interesting comparison is smallpox. Smallpox, one of the reasons we could eradicate it is that it wasn't able to get into other species. Monkeypox, it's able to get into other species, including us, Homo sapiens. So it could happen. 
Once it gets into animal species in a country, it then becomes difficult to contain. And we know that the more a virus can infect an individual, whether it's a person or an animal, you have that risk of possible mutations. So I think it's real. That's why we can't be blasé about this particular outbreak. We need to understand what was the exact mechanism. Was it just an individual traveling? Is it linked to the illicit trade of wild animals or bushmeat? Or has it somehow changed and become more transmissible? We need to understand those mechanisms and we need to make sure it doesn't it spread further or gets into other animal hosts. I would want to agree with Chris in saying that we we hope the concerns of the WHO uh, Director General do not come to be. We have learned a lot in the last two years having to deal with COVID. And for me, I think that the lessons learned in the last two years should immediately be brought into consideration and use in trying to understand why this current spread of monkeypox is is taking the shape it is. Uh, We really do not want to wait until it becomes established in communities for because we do not know how that is going to you know evolve over time so in a way you would almost say the timing of this is relatively fortunate in that medical and scientific communities around the world have done so much work in tracking and trying to counter the spread of coronavirus that that experience can now be applied to monkeypox absolutely paul that is my thought and that is my hope and desire that it can be brought to bear to draw the lessons uh, from dealing with coronavirus and implementing them uh, that would be the way to go but one doesn't want to over traumatize the general population i think people are were seriously traumatized by covid and now you've got this monkey box and uh, i think people are certainly concerned but it's perhaps a good reminder We've got to remain vigilant. We're all interconnected. We're interconnected with our environment. And if we keep on exploiting the natural world, encroaching into wild environments with interactions with wild animals, whether for trade or bushmeat, we run the risk of destroying our own life support system that is the natural environment. But we also run the risk of these kind of zoonotic infections either impacting us and spreading or like we saw with COVID human infections getting in back into animals uh, and infecting them and then you get this vicious cycle we should if it continues to behave the way it has historically done we should get a handle on this but I think it, it's a good time to look at the bigger picture and go how could we already be letting our guard down so soon we really should continue to take practical, solid, pragmatic measures daily to protect ourselves. Dr. Chris Van Stratton, Global Health Advisor for Africa at International SOS, and Dr. Abraham Adadam, Senior Medical Officer in Nigeria. Well, for the latest information on monkeypox cases and the spread of the virus, clients can head to pandemic.internationalsos.com and search for monkeypox. From there, you can see a map with data on the latest cases worldwide. For now, though, thanks very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye.